Well, good afternoon again. It's good to see you today and have you tune in to us. Um, I'm Dr. Pat Ryan and Dr. Rich Kosar is here with me today. And we're going to be talking about something that is, I think, really on everyone's heart right now. Last week, we spoke about fear and, and you know, fear causes us to do a lot of interesting things. But one of the things that it's not helpful for at all is that uh, communicating. And communication is one of those things that is so important as we um, interact with those people we love and care about. And so we have heard from some people and we wanted to share with you some of the things that we've heard. Um, Rich, would you first uh, go ahead and maybe say a few words about communication from your perspective and your experience in counseling? Sure, uh, Pat, thank you. Um, of course, communication is uh, an essential part of having healthy relationships uh, with other people. And it can be jeopardized uh, in many different ways. And so we want to be clear as to um, the healthy ways to communicate with others. Uh, and especially uh, during this uh, difficult time of this pandemic, it will uh, threaten the relationships we have with others. So we want to be alert to um, the best ways to communicate. And there's, you know, many ages and stages in life that we all are living in. And so uh, Rich is gonna go ahead and take the first uh, issue that came up and question that came up from uh, one of the people we spoke to. Wonderful. Okay, this is someone that um, uh, spoke to us and I'm gonna read um, the communication and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, this person says, I have a 64-year-old mother in the hospital. We cannot go and visit her, but we are able to communicate by FaceTime. How do I know what to say, what is safe to say to her without causing her any more stress or worry? Very important question. Someone's in the hospital. Um, this uh, daughter wants to communicate um, with her mother in the hospital, but is unable, so they're relying on, on FaceTime. And she's asking, what is, what is safe to say? I would say to try to view uh, the situation through the eyes of her mother who's in the hospital. Try to get her perspective on things. Um, for one thing, um, she's in the hospital, and there are problems with her health. And so we don't want to cause any more difficulty uh, for her than she already has. I would suggest to this daughter to think about what would be encouraging from the standpoint of the mother. It could be that the mother would be encouraged by hearing about her, her grandchildren, maybe talking about a, a topic that is pleasing to her. It could be anything from, from cooking uh, to uh, maybe television shows or other matters like that. So what is it that would be encouraging to that uh, mother? Probably it's not going to be the details about the pandemic. It's probably not going to be things that are going to cause more worry on her part. 
So try to see it from the standpoint of the mother. What will be encouraging to her? And then just try to speak uh, edifying words. That would, that would be my response to that question. Yeah, you know, I would say great minds think alike. I was thinking the same thing as you uh, read that question. And, and, and my, my thought was exactly as yours, you know, check out with the mom, you know, kind of where she is by asking her some questions, you know, and maybe just asking her what's on her mind right now. And, and if she expresses worry about the pandemic that, you know, maybe you give her some reassuring uh, words of comfort, you know, and, and kind of let her know, you know, things are okay. Things are okay here at home. Uh, we will be here for you. Uh, we're waiting for the day that you're going to come home again and, and be able to visit with us. And, you know, just those reassuring things that you can say to her. But I think really it's important to kind of check out where she is and to really understand, you know, what is foremost on her mind right now before you kind of jump into things. It would not be a, a time, you know, to start asking her questions about, you know, does she have her, her final wishes in order, you know, because that's going to frighten her, you know. And so you want to just, again, I think what you said is really important that you talk about normal things, you know, the kids and what the kids are up to and maybe, you know, pull the kids into the uh, FaceTime call and, you know, let them say hi to, to grandma and, you know, to just have things be as normal as possible for her right now. I think that's yes. very wise, very wise counsel. Yes, I, I think so to speak, uh, edifying, uh, hopeful words, um, not avoiding everything that's negative, but certainly not dwelling on um, all the negativity. Um, this woman in the hospital um, needs to be encouraged. And so I would not try to offer a um, lots of explanations or answers about what's going on, but to try to be an encouragement to her from the standpoint of what would encourage her. Yes, absolutely. So uh, we uh, heard from someone else, and uh, this person wrote, my kids who are five and seven years old keep asking me if any of us are going to get sick and die. You know, it's all around us. Kids are hearing all these horrible things if they see the news at all. She says, I want to reassure them. At the same time, I want to be honest and not tell them any more than they, than they need to know right now. At their age and stage in life, how can I honestly answer their questions and not worry them? So, you know, my response to that is, is similar to what you would say to your 64-year-old mother. You want to just reassure them. You want to also ask some questions, you know, uh, find out a little bit about, you know, what they've heard and why they're asking those questions. You know, maybe they, maybe they heard adults talking. Maybe they heard something on the news that's concerning them. Or maybe they just had a bad dream, you know, maybe has nothing to do with the coronavirus at all. And just want to kind of check it out before you jump in and start answering questions. Um, they may not be asking about, you know, um, their death or, or even your death. They may just be concerned because kids at that age are very curious. And so you want to first find out, you know, what is the source of their uh, inquiries? And then I think you want to just, as you would with anyone, just be very assuring to them. And, um, and of course, you need to talk in a way to a child that um, is age appropriate. You know, uh, you don't want to say things that are going to scare them or give them nightmares. And I would also say it's very important at this time because it's all over the news. It's wherever you turn on television, you're going to... 
um, hear about the coronavirus, COVID-19, and you're gonna hear all the statistics, and you know, it's very likely they have picked some of that up um, on television. And so you wanna be very, very careful about what you allow your children to, to see on television. But I think as much as you can, answer their questions very honestly. Again, um, you're going to speak in very age-appropriate ways that they can understand and not be frightened. And if they show any fear, then, you know, you just want to, again, reassure them, let them know that, you know, mommy and daddy are here, everything's okay, no one's going to die in this family, and we need to pray for those people who are struggling right now, and really thank God that we are healthy and we are well. What's your thoughts about that, Rich? Yeah, I, I agree, Pat. We wanted to communicate with uh, these kids uh, on a level that's developmentally appropriate. That's exactly what you were saying. And I would add to that, often children mirror the mood of their parents yeah. or their caregivers, right? So if the caregivers are overly anxious, and they're demonstrating that uh, repeatedly and let's say severely, then the child, the children, especially five and seven years old, are going to pick up that anxiousness. And it's going to be much more difficult for them because they don't have a contextual understanding of this pandemic. In other words, they have less in terms of coping skills, and thus they are more susceptible to, to a catastrophizing uh, situation or making it much worse than it, than it really is. So Pat is right. We need to keep our eyes on uh, children like this. We need to be careful that they um, perhaps are not internalizing or acting out um, undue anxiety uh, about what's going on. But the reassurance is, is the key here that comes from what they see uh, in, in mom and dad or others that are taking care of them. And so if they see in us a, um, a calm, peaceful mood, not a dishonest mood, but rather one that, that sees things uh, as they are, but yet um, demonstrate uh, good, healthy coping skills, that child, those children will tend to pick that up and learn the same type of skills. So let's be, let's be careful with these children. Um, let's, let's show them how to manage worry uh, when it comes to this thing. And, and probably the children are, gonna, are going to do just fine. I agree. I agree. That calm demeanor by parents is so important. So yeah, thank you for bringing that up. Yes. Well, we come to our uh, third um, letter. Um, this one says, my husband is in danger of possibly losing his job because the company he works for has not let the employees know that they did not get approved for an SBA loan. Um, I have been a stay-at-home wife, caring for our high school-aged kids. I could go to work at a lo local grocery store that is hiring. I do not know how to talk to my husband about this idea without hurting his feelings and causing him to think I've lost confidence 
in his ability to provide for us. I'm afraid I will upset him and cause him more worry. How can I bring this up to him without hurting his feelings? My feelings count too, and I'm worried about what will happen if he loses his job. Yeah. This is a, a genuine concern. And, and notice how it also plays into um, the marriage and the quality of communication in the marriage. What I have found is that oftentimes um, a, a difficulty like this pandemic can make minor problems major problems uh, in relationships. In this particular situation, I would suggest trying to set aside an appropriate time with the appropriate tone and to be lovingly honest with the husband. Yeah. Uh, she might be surprised at how much her husband will listen to her and accept what she's saying if she can do it in a way that's not threatening, that's not um, demeaning in any way. And I know that's what her fear is, is that he's going to feel uh, less than uh, what he is if she brings this up about, about working outside the home. I think most people in a situation uh, like this, in which we find ourselves, would be open to ideas like this because they realize the difficulty of the situation. They realize that we're in, 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 in many regards in a severe situation and they would be open to some sort of temporary measures. Uh, so that's what I would encourage her to do, to be, to be willing to sort of broach the subject with him, but in a, a loving, kind, and supportive way. Yeah, we have a, a tool that uh, we use a lot in counseling, as you know, Rich, that I wanted to just mention here. It's a sort of communication and active listening. And some of you out there maybe have heard that term before. Um, very, very effective when you need to speak to someone about something that's of a sensitive nature. Um, and it starts by, first of all, examining yourself and really coming, getting in touch with what you're feeling at the moment. You know, if this, for this woman, it sounds like it might be fear and concern about the future. And uh, in this kind of communication, uh, basically what assertive communication is about is you're just letting the other person know what you feel, what you think, what you want, and what you need. And you own it by the use of I statements. I feel, I think, I need, I want. And you avoid using the pronoun you except in a very neutral or uplifting way because you don't want the other person to feel like you're accusing them or blaming them in any way. And so you just kind of own it and let them know what's, what's going on with you. Uh, the other part of that, of course, is the active listening part. And, and that's accomplished by the listener actually responding when the person is finished sharing what they feel they think they want, they need, um, by saying, I heard you say, and then repeating back what they said and then checking out, is that what you meant? And just making sure that you're talking about the same thing because the interesting thing happens to us when we feel shamed or attacked or accused of something, we put up defenses and, and communication then really does break down. And so, you know, I would, I would certainly, you know, 
use that tool, that method to, to approach uh, her husband as she talks to him. And I think it is important for her to talk to, to him, to just sort of push through her fear, her hesitation, and, um, and use uh, some assertive communication to, to share with him what's going on. He will appreciate it in the long run. Don't you think, Rich? Yes, I, I agree. And, and who knows, maybe what um, this wife is thinking in terms of her idea could be the answer, could be the thing that helps to stabilize the home financially. Yeah. And this could be a gift, right. uh, not only the husband, but, but the, the entire family. This may be the answer uh, that they all need if uh, she is able to uh, collaborate with him and, and he's willing to hopefully listen and they come to a, 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 an answer that's best for the entire family. She may have exactly what the family needs. Yeah, she may find out that he's very relieved that he's not doing this alone, that she's there totally willing to, to be a part of the solution and that they work together as a team. But he'll never know that and she'll never know that if they don't communicate about it. That's right. Right. She, she may have the answer here, very much so. Very good. I didn't think about that, but that's correct. Okay, so um, the last uh, communication we had about this issue, uh, it comes from a young single woman, and um, she has very different um, issues going on with her, as you can imagine. She said, I have a difficult time sharing with others how uneasy I am about the changes that I've had to make in the ways that I live. For instance, I'm no longer able to plan for my future. I'm no longer able to feel secure uh, that I can maintain my home because I don't know that I'll be able to keep my job or be able to pay my mortgage. I'm a single woman supporting myself and my friends are all married. I feel like I just have to keep a stiff upper lip when they all seem to be so calm and sure of themselves and of their future. So how do I share what I'm feeling? Will they think less of me? How do I portray a sense of self-confidence even though I'm feeling very insecure? I feel like I have no one to talk to. Wow, that's a very lonely place to come from. And again, you know, I would tell this young woman that, you know, the truth is, while she feels isolated because we are physically isolated right now from one another and talking to people, you know, when they're explaining what they're doing and they're he you're hearing their confidence in their voice, you know, it's important, I think, at this point to um, take that leap of faith and share with one of her close friends, you know, what is really going on with her, you know, and you kind of open it up again, maybe with assertive communication, just say, you know, I'm really feeling not so confident myself. And I really need someone to talk to about this. You know, can I just open up and share what's going on in my life? And at that point, really to share some of those fears. And I think once that dam is broken in the relationship and she kind of opens up and shares that she may very well find out that her friends are not quite as secure as they're portraying themselves to be, that they're really struggling also, you know, um, I think all of us right now are trying to keep a stiff upper lip and, and try to think positive. And certainly there's nothing wrong with thinking positive and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel and, and having a good sense of hope and faith and trust that things are gonna be okay. However, 
I think there is kind of an underlying sense of uncertainty, at least for all of us. What are your thoughts about that, Rich? Uh, yes. It is not good to feel um, alone, yeah. especially in a crisis like this. When we keep things uh, to ourselves and sort of stuff them away, that's not a healthy thing psychologically or physically. And so as Pat said, it's important to find those people um, that would listen and listen with a, an empathetic ear and who would not judge you, but who would, who would love you unconditionally and, and accept um, what you have to say uh, about, about your difficulties. I think Pat is right in saying that we would be surprised at how insecure most people feel, how lonely most people feel during a time like this. And although we may look at these people and they, they seem like they're calm and they're doing just fine, if we scratch beneath the surface, which is what Pat and I often do in counseling, we find a, a, a great a deal of need there. So I don't think any of us should feel like we're the only ones feeling this way. Yeah. Um, we certainly share uh, the common fears and anxieties, and uh, it would be good for, for this individual to find just the right person, maybe more, just uh, what would be ideal is maybe two or three others, and just to uh, share what, what some of the feelings are and to open up and that can be so refreshing to us because uh, there's something about opening up and hearing the voice of another person reassuring us that that calms our anxieties and makes us feel so much better yeah i think she might be surprised if she kind of pushes through that fear and takes a chance of opening it up to one of her very close friends that, you know, she may get a response like, oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that. You know, this isn't easy. And yeah, of course I have worries and, and concerns and fears and anxieties around some of this stuff. And I'm so glad that, you know, you shared with me because what that does, it opens up a space for, for trust and for sharing at a deeper, more intimate level with one another. And, and really that is something that we need. And I think particularly for this uh, young woman, because she's single, she lives alone. Um, and those of us who are married, we have a spouse to talk to. We have someone we can go to and kind of, you know, vent what's going on. And so it's going to be very important, as you said, Rich, to find that person in her life amongst her group of friends who she can open up to, who she can just, you know, share and vent and, and cry to, and, and someone who will have a, an empathic response to, to her particular needs, because they're different, yes, from her married friends, but I'm sure that we all have needs right now. And as we, yeah, as we think and, about and, go ahead, I'm sorry, Richard. And who knows, maybe we'll discover new friends or make deeper friends um, through this crisis. It could be the opportunity to deepen our relationships uh, with others. And, and I would say to this, uh, this young woman as well, there's probably quite a few people out in, in her social network that could use her support. 
I mean, she needs support. But the interesting thing about this is sometimes when we reach out to support other people, that alleviates a lot of our fears and anxieties. So it's a, it's a two-way street here. And she may benefit from encouraging others as they encourage her. Absolutely. You know, as a matter of fact, you know, and tell a quick story about a client that I have who was kind of struggling with some other personal issues, not really so much around COVID-19. And, and I said to him, you know, this is a perfect time to reach out and to minister to someone else who's struggling. And so he found another family who, um, single woman who'd lost her job and and he just stepped right in and, and kind of said okay he's he's a person who has resources he said i will help you i will support you through this and it's amazing how that has helped him heal from some of his own issues that he was struggling with in life it, it is the amazing uh dynamic that happens between human beings when we reach out to help someone else we can really kind of set our own problems aside for for a good while and, and, and feel a lot of comfort and strength just in what we can do, you know, uh, instead of feeling helpless, we can help one another. This is a very special time for all of us friends in terms of, I believe that it's bringing out the best in many of us to to want to help one another. I know that for us in um, the counseling ministry here, A Future and a Hope, we're very um, much um, in a place, in a posture of wanting to be helpful to, to you if you need help. And so we have, as you can see on our podcast here, uh, put up information about our address, our physical address, um, our email address, toolsforaseason at gmail.com, where you can send in more of your questions. Um, we also have a phone number there and a website address there. So if you need to contact us, if there's any way that we can help you, we're more than happy to do that. And as we kind of hinted at today, we've got many tools in our little arsenal of, of tools that we can use to help you if you're struggling with communication and how to communicate uh, sensitive things. We're, we're all probably a little edgy and sensitive right now, and, and it's okay, it's understandable. We just want you to know that we're here to help and so if there's any way we can help you, please don't hesitate to call on us. Rich, do you want to give some closing words here? It was just good to uh, visit with you today. And I hope you stay well and maintain your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. Stay well, stay healthy, wash your hands and, mm -hmm. and trust. Trust yourself and the abilities, the gifts that God has given you to get through this. And things are going to be okay. God bless you all. Take care. We'll see you next week.